0: Is there any truth to the story that people who suffer from severe dementia return to normal hours before their death? Then we take a look at a new conspiracy theory that's making the rounds. Is it... (laughs) After those first two stories are so serious. Is it possible that the clowns we all know and love today, from Bozo to Ronald McDonald, are actually wearing the faces of the half-human, half-demon nephilim today on dead rabbit radio hey everyone welcome back to another episode of dead rabbit radio i'm your host jason garbiner i'm having a great day hope you guys are having a great day too i hope all you clown lovers have tuned in to today's episode first off let's give a shout out to our newest patreon supporter coming into dead rabbit command right now it is get your hands ready start clapping As I pull up my notes, abysmal boyo, abysmal boyo. Everyone give a round of applause. Abysmal we're that's such a bizarre name. You guys have the weirdest names. Abysmal, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. Get the word out there. Talk about it online. Talk about it to your friends. Really, really appreciate it. Abysmal, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the oars to the Dead Rabbit robot. We are leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are heading on out to... Where wherever apple is headquartered i don't know where apple's at is it is it in seattle aren't they all in seattle we're just gonna row around in the boat for a while i think it's in seattle but i i didn't research that the reason why we're headed to apple headquarters is because there's a bit of a controversy right now and i kind of want your guys feedback on this because I, I i have some this is inter- very very interesting topic i'd like to see discussion from you guys Apple has recently announced that they're going to start doing this program. Apple, who, who famously, when the San Bernardino shooter, when that, I think it was a couple, a man and a woman, who just drove into an intersection, started shooting people, and then was killed, the police wanted access to the shooter's phone. And Apple said, no, that's private information. We're not going to reveal that. And the government was constantly trying to subpoena them. Here's my conspiracy theory with that. You want, to, you want me to drop a conspiracy theory on you? I think that was all staged. I think that was all staged. I think it was staged. The, the government either has access to that information that could crack that iPhone like a coconut falling on Gilligan's head or Apple completely kowtowed to him. That's my conspiracy theory. And I think they made a big show of it. So people would constantly go, oh, Apple's the most secure phone. And the, the government had a way to crack it so quickly. Like I i remember reading that article and I was like, this, this is a made up controversy. But for years, Apple's like, no, we're not going to reveal this information. And government's like, why you? Why you bashing a free speech? I I didn't believe a word of it. I, I believe that either Apple was complicit or that the government had the tools to break into it. But anyways, that's a conspiracy theory. What's going on right now is Apple, who does stand for free speech, they say they do. This is such an interesting, complex topic they're going to enact this new feature. If you have an iPhone and you upload a photo to the iCloud, which can be an automatic process. If you don't want to have all these photos on your phone, you have to I think you have to switch it on or off. I believe it might default to off, but I'm not an iPhone user. If you have photos in the iCloud, if they match known child porn photos or child sexual abuse material is the terminology that's being used more commonly now. If it matches child sex abuse footage... Apple will report you. That, that's what's being That's what's being talked about in the media. And let's really get into it. That's not so much the case. It, it, what it is is that you're every this is it's actually a little more bizarre than than I just stated. So here is here's actually how it's broken down. Because a lot there is a lot of misinformation about this. The idea is you have child sexual abuse material on your phone, and it gets uploaded to iCloud, you'll be reported to the police. This is what actually happens. There's going to be a series of hashtags assigned to all of known images of child sexual abuse. It's going to be like this algorithm that you don't necessarily see. And if you have a photo that matches that algorithm, a human reviewer will then look at the photo you uploaded to the iCloud. And after that human reviewer has verified that this is child porn, they don't report you to the local police, which I think is how a lot of people are saying this. They report you to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children who they will then report you to the police. So Apple gets to say, we're not calling the cops on you. We're calling the people who call the cops on you. And they say, listen, our system is so foolproof. They've done tests on this. They said the chances of you being falsely flagged for this is once a year, you have a one in one trillion chance of this accidentally going off. And again, this is based on knowing child sexual abuse material so people are like what if i take a photo of you know i'm playing with my kid in the pool am i gonna get flagged for that and blah 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 it's known child sexual abuse material which there's a ton of it out there unfortunately it matches it has this algorithm based and then a human has to review it i feel really bad for that human so there's that and there's a ton of controversy about this you have a bunch of free speech advocates rallying against this, not because they're pro-child porn. That's not the case. Matthew Green had this really interesting... He's a a cryptography researcher at Johns Hopkins University. He had this um, awesome quote I was reading in this article on the AP. He said, what happens when the Chinese government says, here is a list of files that we want you to scan for? Does Apple say no? I hope they say no, but their technology won't say no. Unquote. and that's the slippery slope that I think people are worried about. Is fine. Who? No one is pro child sex abuse material other than the perverts who produce it and use it. No one else is. And you, but you have to look the next step down. Like what? Ha, yeah, because we know what would happen if China came to them. Because Microsoft has already done it, and Google's already done it, and they've already done all sorts of like changes to their algorithm, change the search engine to kowtow to the Chinese government. We know that, and they do it with the American government as well. They're just not as vocal about it. That's a very, very interesting question. My my thing is, on the one hand, well, here this is it's actually so interesting because there's a lot of free speech advocates on about this, and normal people as well. But at the same time. Don't we all know that our devices are spying on us at all times? Now, I've just realized that. Like, you can't be a free speech advocate and have a cell phone. Or a smartphone, at least. You can't. It 100% spies on you all the time. All the time. So now that I'm thinking about it, why are we up in arms about this particular thing? Because if I keep talking about ramen noodles near my phone, I'll start getting ads for ramen noodles. Like, we've given up the free speech. Now that, that, that argument doesn't make any sense anymore. We've already given up the free speech thing. The second the second generation of smartphones, when they start, started having all these algorithms built into it that makes it so much more convenient to get the news we want. We've given up the free speech argument. So actually, I dismiss that now. If you're drawing your line in the sand for the free speech argument because of this, the battle's already over. We gave up the free speech argument. Unless you're using, like, a bricked phone and duck duck go or whatever go go duck whatever it is and you're using some weird email service you've already given up the the privacy argument because we have no privacy anymore we've given that away my thing is how do we stop this guys this is an epidemic this child garbage it's out there and it just seems to be getting worse every year like you'll see of these raids, and they're like, we arrested forty-four people in this sting, and it's just like, how do else do we stop this? Now, I'm not one of those person who wants to keep giving up liberties for a little bit of safety. I'm not that guy. I don't use I don't use an Apple phone, anyways. I think I'm not a fan of Macintosh or Apple or any of that, so it's not even my point. But I would be shocked. I know I would be shocked if Android doesn't have something like this already built in, and they just never announced it. and I'm an Android guy. I just. How, what do we do to stop this? Because I don't think the answer is nothing. I don't think the answer is the government coming into my apartment every single day and ruffling through my couches and talking to my neighbors and all that stuff either. Like, you don't have to have this total police state. And I don't think you, the other answer is you don't do anything and let people do whatever they need to do to get off because you're a bunch of perverts. So, what, the, my question to you guys is, what do we do? How do we stop this? And I don't know. And, and you know, what the, the weirdest thing is, too, is this is what makes me a little sus of Apple in the first place. Is they announced this, and then they announced at the same time this protocol for kids. Like, it's on the same site. They say, kids, listen, if someone says you, sends you a nude photo, you don't have to look at it. We're actually going to block the photo, and then we're going to ask you, do you want to look at this nude photo? And if you want, we've actually included this button, you can hit and it will send a message to your parents saying someone sent you a nude photo. Okay? If you have the technology to block a nude photo being sent to a child, don't let them click on it. They shouldn't be looking at it. that's that was super weird to me, and they put it in the same thing as they were talking about this. They're allowing they they are acknowledging they will allow your children to look at nude photos if they want. New, I'm not talking about a biology exam, a textbook a picture from a textbook. I'm not talking. These are images that people send them via the messaging. It's very, very specific. If someone messages you a photo and the algorithm picks up that it is a naked person, it lets the child know it's okay if you don't want to look at this naked person. But if you do, this is a sensitive picture. You can click here. Don't let them look at it. If you have the technology to block a child from looking at this stuff in the first place, block it and say, we cannot send this message, this user is under the age of 18. And then you go, well, the kid can easily just lie and say they're over 18. Sure. But but it's so bizarre, they kind of like are like, by the way, we're going to let your kids get nudes and send nudes? If you go to send a nude, it goes, you know, maybe you don't want to send this, but it still allows them to send it. I didn't know that iPhones could tell how old the person was using them. You, they should you just shouldn't be able to send If you can tell that it's a nude photo, don't let them say, absolutely bizarre. So in the same part where they're talking about this is the way we're going to stop child porn from being out there, in the same page, they go, listen, this is a way your children can produce child porn more safely. We're going to say, are you sure you want to send this nude? Absolutely bizarre. Weird. Just stop it. If you guys can stop it, stop it. That, that segment went on a little bit longer than I had planned. So we're going to skip the story about the dementia patients. It's a weird one. We're going to save that one for tomorrow. Let's go ahead and move on to our last story. Abysmal, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the key so that world-famous carpenter copter go ahead and take us up and out of this Apple headquarters building as they're getting raided by the police. We are headed on out to Biblical Times. That's a location, you didn't know that. I did a story a long time ago. It's one of my favorite episodes. I know a lot of you guys love it too, about the Book of Giants. It's the apocryphal story about what happened when angels and humans interbred. And it's supposedly a lost book of the Bible. It's a really, really interesting episode. I'll put it in the show notes. And just a quick overview of what the Nephilim is. It is that. It's that they're mentioned briefly in the Bible, and then there have been other books like the Book of Enoch and like the Book of Giants that goes into more detail. But what it is is... I think they are originally mentioned in Genesis. Angels came down to earth... God sent them down there to kind of be the stewards of men, but then they found out how bootylicious our women were, started banging them. Their children became these great heroes, these great legends of old. that's what we see in the book of Genesis. But what we see in the book of Giants, it kind of goes on from there. It's that these angels kept interbreeding with humans and it was polluting the genetic bloodstream of what humans were. Because you started having these superhumans for lack of a better word, some of them were giants. Some of them just had giant personalities. They were really cool to be around. Some of them had superpowers, and so God was like, "Ah, okay, right. I got it. this. Is what I thought. This is what I thought when I created Adam and Eve. So we got to go down and take these out. And there was a great angelic army. Actually, I think it was just four dudes, but they pretty much wiped out all of these nephilim and their angel fathers and even the human mothers." And to finally put the nail in the coffin of this half-breed human race, God flooded the planet. So it's an interesting story. I love doing that episode. It's always very fascinating. I get a lot of requests to cover it even more. So it's a very interesting story. Whether or not it's true, because it's not in the Bible, it's kind of an apocryphal book. But even dismissing all of that, the Nephilim are mentioned in the Bible, ever so briefly, as these people who are half human, half angel. There's this new conspiracy theory coming out, and when I first read about it, and I'm sure when you guys saw the title of this episode, you kind of chuckled. And it's an interesting journey. Let's hold judgment on this real quick. There's been about three different YouTubers over the course of five years who have made this same point with different intentions. But this is it in a nutshell. The Nephilim, the half-human, half-angel offspring, looked like clowns. Looked like what we would consider a modern-day clown. They had red hair that sometimes came up in a point like a jester's cap. They had a bright red nose and they had white skin. And the logic behind this, I mean, it's kind of a hard word to use of this. And the logic behind this is they take two cases of known giants in history and point out that they have these features as well. We've covered both of these. One of them was the Giant of Kandahar. He was a giant who supposedly came out of a cave in Kandahar, Afghanistan, and fought a bunch of U.S. Special Forces. He was pale-faced, or he was white, and he had red hair. And he came out with a spear. I did an episode on him, and I, I if I remember correctly, I disputed that. <laughs> I said that probably didn't happen if I remember correctly. The second story they point out, I also covered on this show, and it did happen. We do have proof of this. The question is, what do you consider a giant? I think when we think of giants, we're thinking, at least when I think of giants, I'm not thinking of Shaq or LeBron James or something like that. Like, to me, they're super tall dudes. When I think of, like, God-level giants, like the offspring of, like, humans and angels, I'm thinking, like, 13 feet or taller. But anyways... We covered this, it was a group of giants in Nevada, they were cannibals, they were eating other natives in the area, and all these tribes had to get together to kill them, and that was a really cool episode I did. These giants, this is like old-timey Nevada before any Westerners got here, they were described as having red hair and pale skin. So, this idea that we have now two stories of giants, one of them is easily dismissed, the Giant of Kandahar, but the Giants of Nevada, there is some archaeological evidence to show that they were taller than normal, if I remember correctly, taller than normal people, but still would have put them around like six foot two. Again, it's been a while since I did that episode, but. I I could be off on that. But the point is is that we have those stories that are kind of tied into the white skin, red hair. And and in locations where you wouldn't expect those genetic traits. You wouldn't expect to see a pale person with red hair in the middle of Nevada long before any Europeans settled there. Also, I had to look this up because I didn't believe it. But on Easter Island, there are statues that have red caps. You know those giant statues on Easter Island of the dude's heads? Some of them have red caps. So they've been brought into this conspiracy theory as well, that those were images of these great giants that once walked the world. So that's the first piece of evidence that we see put out by these YouTubers. The second piece of evidence is... This is so... Because when I, when I saw this first YouTube video, I had a chuckle. I just thought the title was so interesting. Let's get into it. So I saw a recent video from a channel called Conspiracy R Us. And they were doing this topic about clowns look like the Nephilim. I was looking through their channel, and it was a very entertaining and very educational video. They do a lot of mud flood stuff, which I did an episode on the mud flood. I think that's been settled. I think we know what was caused there. It was cities were being raised because we needed to make room for our sewage lines. Cities had existed for thousands or hundreds of years. With open sewage, and now all of a sudden there's a population boom. So we raised the city or simply raised the roads, and we just kept like first floors then became basements so we could put sewage lines underneath the streets. I think that's pretty settled at this point, but the mud flood still is a very popular conspiracy theory, and I'm, I'm not, he can definitely investigate that. I'm not the guy who tells people what to do, but Conspiracy RS did this video about. Clowns Look Like Nephilim, they got it from Understanding Conspiracy, a YouTube channel called Understanding Conspiracy Theory. They started out in 2017. They no longer put out new videos. They put out those 17 episodes all saying the same thing. The Nephilim Look Like Clowns. It's just kind of the same thing over and over again. Again, it's a fairly well put together YouTube channel. I didn't listen to all of their stuff. But he does his research. It's an observational conspiracy theory. They're looking at stuff like, why do these giants have red hair and white faces? And what does that look like? That looks like clowns. What's interesting, though, is Understanding Conspiracy didn't originate this. They're the most prolific. And Conspiracy RS admits, hey, I found this on the Understanding Conspiracy channel. Understanding Conspiracy gets very upset that this was actually originally brought up on YouTube. There could be an article floating around there somewhere, but the earliest example I could find on YouTube, there's a website called The Epic Conspiracy, and they put out a video in 2015 called New Evidence, The Nephilim Are Interdimensional Killer Clowns. And it was a joke video. They're just kind of joking around and making these observations. Their other videos seem to be the same thing. I don't think they're putting out anything else either, but So you have these YouTube channels, mostly Understanding Conspiracy, putting out this stuff. And when you look at that, when you go, okay, so we have giants that I guess that's clown-like, white faces, red hair. But then the the conspiracy... And so when I saw that again, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting, but it's an observational conspiracy theory. The world's full of them. Then we go into a little bit deeper. And again, I'm getting all this information from Conspiracy RS and Understanding Conspiracy. They go into the fact that DMT users, when people use the drug DMT, it's mostly, you know, people go, you take it and you see the mechanical elves, you see, like, past reality. I've never done DMT, it doesn't really interest me, but people talk about the mechanical elves, and and that seems to be a weird thing, that when you do the drug, to me that's, that is bizarre, like... If I'm smoking weed, I'm usually having a different experience than anyone else around me and a different experience than everyone else who's ever smoked weed. When drugs like DMT, when they go, you see the mechanical elves. Like people who've done it over the decades, they keep seeing the same thing. That's weird to me. It makes me think that the DMT is tapping into something. And I've always heard about the mechanical elves. I think I first heard about it from Alex Jones. But another thing DMT users often see are clowns. That is a regular thing. They see clowns, they see jesters, they see jokers. And on these DMT trips, a lot of times it's reported they go to a dimension that's nothing but a giant circus or an endless carnival. That doesn't doesn't make me want to do DMT. Like the mechanical elves, whatever. But dude, could you imagine like winning prizes in an alternate universe? That'd be dope. You're like throwing balls and like you're, you're winning these eight dimensional teddy bears. You do DMT. A lot of times they go to these universes. That's just the giant circus or a giant carnival. Sometimes a casino as well. You win some money in another universe. That'd be dope wonder what the exchange rate is like. But they're seeing these clowns. And the question that's put forth by these YouTube channels is, so now we have, not only do we have giants having attributes that are similar to clowns, but people who do DMT are seeing clowns. And I came across this article in my research by Sam Wolf called, Why Do Jesters and Tricksters Appear in the DMT Experience? It's this long article. So long. And the answer... Who knows? Sam Wolf goes, I don't know. I think it might be some sort of Jungian archetype, but I don't know. Who who knows? He goes on and on and on. He says, yeah, it, 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 archetype, it might be here to teach us lessons like the jester of like the Native Americans, and then it just goes on and on. But the answer is he does not know. He does have this quote when he's talking about his best answer is a Jungian archetype, quote, but it may not resolve the mystery of why DMT, as a as a specific substance, has a propensity to bring these entities to the surface, unquote. So, yeah, why are they seeing... Cl- if it is an archetype, fine. But why is it DMT that does this? And why does it keep bringing people back to the circus, back to these carnivals? And why is it full of clowns? And it does, it, it does make you think... Because there, it, it's so funny. We know who created the modern clown. Clown is actually a character from a play or a performance called the Harlequinade. And there was a character named Harlequin. There was a character named Clown. There was a character named Columbine, which I'm honestly surprised there's no conspiracy theories about that. Like, it's all a performance. And if you knew, there was only four characters. and I'm surprised there's nothing like that. But um, Columbine. There's a character named Columbine. There's a character named uh, Pantaloon. But back in the eighteen sixties, there was a guy, this very, very famous performance, this Harlequin show was very famous. There was a guy named Joseph Grimaldi, and he was got the role of the clown. He'd been clowning since he was a kid, and he did the white makeup, the red nose, the red hair, like the face design. He created that. Before eighteen sixty one, I don't know if people were just walking around there like, hey everyone, I'm a clown. He was the one who put on all this makeup. He took clowning so seriously. He was a famous clown. He basically was the Johnny Knoxville of clowning. He clowned so much. I love this quote from this uh, newspaper called The Times back in the 1860s. Quote, Grimaldi is the most assiduous of all imaginal buffoons. And it is absolutely surprising that any human head or hide can resist the rough trials he volunteers. Serious tumbles from serious Heights innumerable kicks and incessant beatings come on him as matters of common occurrence and leave him every night fresh and free for the next night's flagellation, unquote. It really really didn't have anything to do with the story. I just like the idea of this guy getting beat up so much he couldn't be a clown anymore. He did end up retiring. But on the one hand, we do know who invented the clown makeup, but on the other hand, why do clowns speak to us so much? Like, we, we we can figure out Joseph Grimaldi invented the makeup, but why do clowns terrify people so much? Some people say it's a relatively new thing, and it didn't exist, say, before John Wayne Gacy, or before Pennywise the Clown. But it's such an intrinsic fear in people. Like, I remember once I heard a long time ago that uh, people, the the clown, the idea of the clown makeup came from um, people who would run out during gladiator games and drag the bodies off, and they wore this garish makeup, and they were like the souls of the dead, claiming the brutally slaughtered people who would just been eaten by lions or stabbed. I go, and I remember reading that, and I go, maybe it turned out not to be true, but the idea was like maybe, maybe that's why people associate the clown face with terror, because there's a good se- there's a good segment of society who are afraid of clowns, and I I don't think it's proportionate. Like people who are afraid of ghosts like in general or people who are afraid of of sharks in general, that's fine, but the clowns is such a specific phenomenon, and people are terrified by it, terrified by the clown, so it always makes me think that yeah, we know Joseph Grimaldi invented the clown, but does is the clown tap into something deeper and darker in the human psyche because people are afraid of it the same way they're afraid of. A shark that can actually kill you. Or a dog. People have fear of dogs. So it's fascinating. So uh, this is one of those conspiracy theories that I came across. I kind of chuckled. I was expecting a Hans-level take on this stuff. But um, I'm, I'm a bit... I, I, I'm not going to say I believe in it, but I'm a fan of it. I honestly am. I think it would explain. I think the fact that the clown... Did... I, I'll give them this. I think... I honestly do. I think the clown interacted with us at some point in human history. And I'm not talking about the jester spirits because we see those all across cultures. I'm talking about something with the white skin and the red hair and the, the red... Just the misproportioned body types. The ultra-colored clothes. I'll even go that far. I think something in our past... Very clown-like interacted with humanity, and we still have a natural fear of them. I'm personally not scared of clowns. I I'm not scared of clowns, but I understand why people are. And I think it. I think when people are afraid of clowns, it's not like the same way I'm afraid of Samara from The Ring. I know Samara from The Ring is completely fictional, but the movie really, really scared me, and I'll have nightmares about it occasionally. But I understand that that is. I think it that's just me being scared of ghosts in general people who are afraid of clowns they have the same fear the same way that people who got bit by a dog or snapped at by a dog when they were a kid or watched a dog attack someone has a fear of a dog it's based on something real or even just the teeth (laughs) because our evolutionary brain says gnashing teeth are bad those are fangs stay away but their brain is misfiring and they're not just saying stay away from a mean dog they're staying away from all dogs they have a phobia of dogs I think that something clown like interacted with us. I think on a previous episode I said it might have been an alien. I think it's that level. I think something interacted with us and people have still in their evolutionary brain stay away from something that looks like this. So why not the Nephilim? Could that be I mean, the the disproportioned body would make sense because again, if you're half human and half angel, you're not probably gonna look like a normal person. So the 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 Body, the big body, the giant. I'm actually I'm not going to go into each detail. I'm not going to be like if you walk into a Nephilim and honk their nose, it goes wah, 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 wah. but you know what I mean. I'm not going to say they had to have big feet and like <laughs> they all had to get in a giant car. It's like yes, yeah, just like the Nephilim. But I think like there probably was something sinister in our past that looked like a clown, pale face, red hair. <laughs> It's not the Irish. It's not the Irish. Do you know what I mean? It's not I'm not gonna hang my hat on this conspiracy theory, but I actually it makes sense to me. Whether it was the Nephilim or it was some sort of interdimensional spirit or it was some sort of alien life form or who knows. But I I am a fan of the belief that something evil appeared as a clown or clowns in the past, and humans still have an evolutionary memory of them, and some people love them. Some people love them. Some people still think clowns are hilarious and they invite them to their parties and everything like that. And they're like, oh, Joseph Grimaldi, that's the best invention your face, and they still love clowns. And maybe that's also tied into the evolutionary system as well. Maybe if you go back in time, their great, 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 great grandma was getting banged, was getting banged by a Nephilim. What if it turned what if it turns out that's the case? If you love clowns. You have your your part angel. If you can't get enough of clowns, you actually are a descendant of the Nephilim. Your genetic line lived through the flood. And if you hate clowns, you're just a boring you're just a boring old human. Very very interesting conspiracy theory. It starts off very goofy, and it kind of makes you think. An interesting conspiracy theory, and one that should send chills down the back of any clown hater. It may turn out that your aversion towards clowning around may not simply be some weird hang-up you have. It may actually be an early warning system. You may be trying to tell the rest of humanity these things are evil, but no one will listen to you. No one will listen to you until it's too late. And the world has has been taken over. Clown faces are marching through the streets. You're hiding in your bedroom. But it doesn't stop. You see, you see two two big old shoes standing outside your bedroom door. You run in your closet. You're hiding. You're sweating. You're sweating as much as Jason is recording this podcast. And you hear a Muh-uh. 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 as the clown gets closer. You're like Jason. They're just making clowns. You don't... Do they look like clowns? Or are they clowns? Like, now you're getting confused. The point is, is that you, you who are afraid of clowns, who shut this podcast off a half hour ago, the closet door opens, and then you see a big old hand come in and grab you, and the next thing you know, you have, like, a drill... You have a drill in your hand. I was going to say you had a drill going through your head. But no, you have a drill in your hand. You're helping them build a clown headquarters. and Because you're real handy. And then after you get done doing that, they're like, you did a really good job, dude. And then they take the drill from you. Put a hole in your head. And they give you lobotomy. And now you're just a clown soldier. Walking through the streets of your former town. There's, like, balloons everywhere. You're like, Jason, are they clowns? Or do they look like clowns? There's balloons everywhere, and every day is a new child's party, but all the children are lobotomized. If you're not one of the Nephilim, if you're not one of their clown loyalists, you just sit there all day long. Uh... You just sit there in captivity all day long, brain dead, pale white face, red hair glued onto you all patchy and stuff. You're like, Jason, I don't really care what I look like. Jason, I don't care what I look like. I have a lobotomy. I'm not like, oh no, look at my clothes. These are so unfashionable. Oh, my hair. Oh, it's. A, I'm having a bad hair day. I have a hole drilled in my brain. All of humanity has holes drilled in their brain, apparently. I'm not worried. Oh no! I got mustard on my shirt? I'm brain dead. You're right. But anyways, the clowns have now taken over the planet. And then they look up into the night sky and they go, what else is out there? And then they build a huge clown. (laughs) I don't know where I'm going with this. They build one spaceship. One tiny spaceship. And every clown gets on board and they take off to go invade another planet. And you're just sitting there. And then... Actually, there is no end there's no end. Everyone on the planet has a lobotomy. It's there's that's the end. The end. I hope you guys liked ending you know, ending Because that, that is it. That is the ending. Deadrabbit radio at gmail.com. It's so hot in here. I have the door open, I'm still sweating. Deadrabbit radio at gmail.com is gonna be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash radio. TikTok is at deadrabbit radio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great day, guys.